Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes. He's Danny Brams. And it is a special Tuesday evening edition of the show. Live, me from Philadelphia, the site of the match tomorrow night. And we're here to celebrate a win in Los Angeles. We were California dreaming on Saturday night. And now it's time for some Philadelphia freedom on Wednesday evening in the city of brotherly love. And Danny, I've got nothing but brotherly love for you, my friend. Yes, sir, my brother. Great great to see you. Great to be back with you live. Welcome to all of y'all uh, TIFOs who've joined up. Thank you for coming in on a Tuesday night. Not our normal night, but just the way that the uh, schedules worked out. So we decided to do it tonight because of travel and midweek. And it's been a wild month, John. We got we, At some point, we just maybe in like a week and a half, we might just need to sit back and take stock and just be like, wow, the last <laughs> month was crazy. Because it's just been match after match, after show after show. After trap trip after trip, you, we've we've both been traveling all over the damn uh, map. So, uh, feels really good to be with you always though tonight. And uh, thanks to anyone who who jumps in the stream, uh, get some comments going. We respond to them. That's kind of how these work. And uh, we, we also try to make it last though, uh, make it a listenable episode. If you're listening to this later on your podcast app and not on live stream, we love you too. So so thanks for being here. That's always a good format to di- digest the show. And John, I've got some breaking news though. I've got a, a bit of breaking news. Okay, hit me. I went back to Total Wine, baby. I'm back on the Malbec. You know it. I <laughs> uh, love to see it. And he's straight from the bottle. That's a great Straight move, from the Danny. bottle. Neck in it. This is an eccentric Malbec. Can you read that? Bourbon barrel aged for 10 months. This is wine that has been hanging out with bourbon for a while. And uh, it felt right for a Southern type of show we got going here. And uh, it's got me feeling good, bro. I mean, it, it seems like they're a match made in heaven. Uh, it should be good friends, the bourbon and the wine. Um, shout out to Jorge Torres, Torres who is also a, a great friend of the show, Tifos. Uh, good yes. to see you tonight as well. Um, I've got I've got the St. Pauli Girl, um, a non-alcoholic uh, beer this evening uh, wow. for, for St. Pauli Girl. So uh, I feel like the St. Pauli Girl NA should be wearing a turtleneck. You know. That. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? You know, <laughs> uh, is it off brand for me to be drinking an NA on it's the an show? All ages show, you know, good for you. You know, we're not, we have done like we love to drink and promote drinking on this show, but we definitely don't want to promote excessive drinking. We don't want to promote alcoholism, and so I think it's good to take a little break and just sip a non-alcoholic every once in a while. Uh, Brian Schuford, who's in the chat, uh, great to hear from him. He says, "Longest stretch of time I haven't been embarrassed to be a CLTFC fan, and I would love to uh, keep it going." I, I want to know what what when did this stretch start? When did you stop being embarrassed, Brian? Like like was it the Atlanta match? Was it the Orlando match? The Columbus match? I, I want to know how long this stretch has been going for sure. Uh, Luke Beetle uh, says, "What's up? What's up, Luke? Thanks level for up. for hopping in. Level uh, up. Level up. What's good." Um, and we've got a slammed packed show for you this evening. We're going to talk about the win, the one, nothing win against LA galaxy. Uh, I want to talk about Kerwin Vargas. Uh, my main takeaway from that match on Saturday against galaxy was that Kerwin Vargas is the future of this club. Uh, Adilson Melanda, Danny Rams. He's all of a sudden become a lightning rod topic uh, in the QC. <laughs> who would have thought? Yeah. Who would have thought? And I want to talk about Carol Svidersky's goal um, at the stroke of midnight. And Danny, you were somebody that <laughs> had a we, premonition on we, last. We got to go to the video evidence. We got to go to the video Friday evidence. Show? Let, me, let me key it up. And uh, everybody, this was when I was talking in our last episode about the fact that I was worried that we were not going to have that many people show up at EPR because it was so late. And uh, here's how it went. 
Let me quote my man J.J. Kale when I say, after midnight, we gonna let it all hang out. <laughs> gonna let it all hang out. Gonna yeah. let it all hang out. We're gonna make him scream and shout, boy. Let's go. I think uh, it's gonna be a good party. Imagine a, a midnight winner, you know, Ooh. from Carol Swiderski, uh, if, if the reward for showing up. I hope everybody that's there has a great time, because I know I'm going to. You called it. Nostra Bramus. Let's go, baby. I love it. It's, I I went to the uh, the tape. I checked the videotape. Carol's goal was scored. Uh, if you're in the industry, you know this term, time code. I checked the time code on Carol's goal. 001114. That's 11 minutes and 14 seconds past midnight. After midnight, Carol let it all hang out. I, it was amazing. We had uh, Mike in the. We had a pretty good turnout at EPR for a late night. You know, we had all the all the core people and a few newbies. Thanks to uh, Pete for showing up with his buddy uh, and a shout out to his daughters, Charlotte and Annabelle. Big fans of the show. I said, uh, Pete said, Hey, are, are, my daughters love the show. They're kind of younger. And I was like, well, I hope, uh, hope you, they know it's PG 13. I hope you're cool. with that. <laughs> And, uh, and he's like, Oh yeah, yeah. They're too young to really to even, uh, register the, the swear words. So that's good. But, uh, yeah, great turnout. And, uh, it was right after midnight and we just had a great time. Mike called out the goal, Carol, Swedarski, and everyone was yelling it. Brando, uh, our boy Brando was going nuts. Just a really great time. We have so much fun at EPR. Carol made it a party. But I got to tell you, we won that match. There was a lot of good things coming out of that match, but it was a little scary. I mean, for us being up a man, we're up a man, up a goal, and it's like dicey, nervy, squeaky bum time for like the last 20 minutes of that match. Yeah, and, and I think that was another takeaway that I had from the match as well, that it was it was two games in a row that were the total opposite and in both of those game situations the team really didn't handle it well right so there's two sides of, of the coin here one is that, that the win happened and oh, yeah. that we we were we were really really fortunate to get to get a late winner and another um assist from justin miram on the night it was it was great to see him uh back having an impact christian kalina have an impact as well but as far as um, game situation up a man at the end of the match, you have to be able to uh, control the ball and keep the ball away from LA Galaxy in that situation. And down a man uh, at Birmingham, you have to find a way to push forward like Galaxy did and go for broke and try to equalize in that situation. Uh, as as well, so we have some things to talk about there, Danny. And just shout out to you for for calling that game. Uh, you, I, I feel like you knew Nostra Bramus. What a what a great nickname! I think that might be the best nickname we've come up with on the show yes. um, so far. I want to take a quick look at the table this evening as well. But uh, before we do any of that, let's just bask in the glory of this with what his skill sets are and how he rounds out as more a complete player. Corner number six for Charlotte FC. Justin Miram driving it to the near post all the way through, and it's 1-0. Swiderski finally pays one off. Goal number four, and a 1-0 lead for the visitors. And Miram continues to have that impact on his new team, just whipping a ball and beating all everyone at the front post. 
That ball bounces in the box, and Schwederski, who's had a number of chances tonight, isn't going to miss from there. Just holds off Raheem Edwards. Is able to just redirect it with the outside of his left foot. Hey, it's nothing special, but it's just you one fucked of those... Raheem Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, bro. <laughs> uh, actually, rated R. This movie. Um, sorry, yeah, sorry. And yeah, it's not pretty. It's it's not the most beautiful goal that you'll you'll see, but it's one of those away goals that really has a massive impact. Hey, it, it was you heard it on the call. It was Charlotte FC's sixth corner of the night, and on that sixth try, they get the job done you love to absolutely see that uh, one other uh topic tonight that i that i wanted to hit on that you mentioned uh, and you reminded me of this is that this, we are one year removed from christian latanzio being given the interim tag as Amazing. charlotte fc's manager so we're i think we're going to reflect on the first year of christian latanzio's tenure and it's a good time to do it uh considering he's got this team playing uh really well right now so danny we laid out a bunch of topics i'm going to give you the option to decide where we go first. You said you wanted to check the table. Let's check the table. I mean, it, it, you were not necessarily a, uh, a table-watching show. We, we've spoken in the past sometimes about how it's a little too early to watch the table, but I do. Well, we're, we're, we're 15 games in. Yeah, we're, we're at a point where I want your in. thoughts. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and it, it looks absolutely gorgeous. And forget about the, the games played. Forget about the wins, the draws, the losses. I'm just looking at the last five. Mm-hmm. And when you look at that Eastern Conference table and you look at the last five games played, there's only three teams right now in the East who are on a better uh, run of form than than Charlotte FC right now. And that mm-hmm. is, of course, uh, Philadelphia, Nashville and Cincinnati. Hey, immovable object, unstoppable force uh, in Chester tomorrow night, I guess, if uh both Charlotte and failure are on such great form. The thing, I don't want to get too confident or overconfident, but I'm really not that worried about Atlanta. I think they're headed for a huge swoon once they lose Tiago Amada this summer. He is like, oh, he's like 99% of the way already to, to some European league or European team that we don't know yet. So he's not going to be here for the second half of the season. So I, I know they're, they're going to be vulnerable. Uh, the teams above us, man, Cincy and Nashville, these are, you know, Nashville a little bit stronger, but Cincy's a team that, does not they have a history of multiple wooden spoons and all of a sudden they've found themselves in first place the cincy turnaround if you if you're not a huge mls fan you if you just started falling for charlotte maybe you might be interested to know that the cincy turnaround started when they hired the assistant gm from philadelphia union to come be their sporting director and he sort of implemented the philly brew philly union blueprint on uh, fc cincinnati and just completely turned their whole franchise around in in a year and a half to where they can sit here in first place after being one of the worst clubs in league history for a while so that just tells you about our next opponent the union that we have to face is like this is a quality program this is a quality side we were able to beat them four nil at home in just a, a raucous amazing um sublime display of soccer perfection last year at home but we lost badly to them in philadelphia last year so it's kind of one of those things where how's it going to be I don't know, but uh, it, it, we need to show up. It's time for us to show up. We are on fire. Nick Hayser comments. We love that, Nick. And, and yeah, you know, Charlotte's on fire. Philadelphia Union's terrified. What do you think, John? I, I think it's um, going to be a really tough match. And we, we saw the the injury report come out today. Enzo Capetti is unavailable. You, you talked about how some of the match was um, not the best 
football in the world on Saturday night against LA. And um, yeah, it was a reflection on both teams for sure. And I think if Charlotte plays the way they did on Saturday against Philadelphia on Wednesday on a short turnaround, I think it's gonna be really tough to win that game. Um, I'm heading into this match thinking that a draw would be a, a nice result. Uh, I know some people aren't going to be happy to hear that, but um, when you have a run of form like this going and right. you're, you're already in sixth place on the table and um, a point at this point, isn't the worst thing in the world. Um, have to go to Columbus on Saturday as, as well. Um, so uh, the next two matches are, are difficult ones, Danny, but um, you know, in case people are listening to this later in the week, um, I did want to have some more thoughts on, uh, the galaxy match, if that's cool. Um, yeah, of course. I, yeah, for I, sure. I'm back for into sure. the Philly in, stuff. In terms of, yeah, uh, uh, I think you you were really hot on Vargas, right? So you you thought he was man of the match. You thought maybe he was subbed a little too early. What what do you think of Kerwin Vargas right now? Well, the the reason why um, you know, and Finn's made an appearance on the show, and now it, it sounds like Crackers is making an yeah, audio Crackers appearance on is the now, show. Uh, a non pictured character on the show. He might he might find his way to my lap here before we're done. <laughs> Um, I don't know if he's a I, wine I, drinker, though. I, I wanted to, um, you know, just kind of underscore what I you know, tweeted from the show account on Saturday during the match, which was um, Kerwin Vargas is the future. Protect this player. He's 21 years old, and I think people forget that. And the, the strides that we've seen him make uh, and the type of – uh, class that he has on the ball is um, pretty much second to none on this squad. And I think everything that you've always wanted McKenzie Gaines to be, Kerwin yeah. Vargas already is. Yeah. And that happens, Danny. And oh, making an appearance. Rackers the categories with you. <laughs> yep, he's a huge it. Vargas fan. This guy loves himself some Kerwin <laughs> Vargas. I think he he's a street cat. I think he used to hang out with a bunch of Colombian kitties when he was uh, in his pre-shelter, pre-adoption life. So we love you, Crack. Uh, love a, a, a kiss for the cat and a Protect kiss for Vargas. Protect this young man too, for sure. <laughs> um, so I just I, I just about, wanted to make sure that we got into that com conversation. How about your boy uh, Jorge saying Colombia? Call Vargas up to the national side. He deserves a shot. I mean, he's a youngster. I think it's it's not out of the question at all. Considering how uh, bad Colombians, the Colombia World Cup qualifying uh, right. went last year um, and how this team is kind of in rebuild mode. And while I think that might be something for a couple of years down the line, if Vargas can, can hold down that left wing spot, get some more goals, rack up the assist, it'll, it'll be impossible for Colombia to look away from this kid. Um, and Lenny C chiming in as well. Vargas is our best technically and has the most talent potential head and shoulders above. See, that's why Lenny C and I, we see eye to eye yeah. um, on, on a lot of these players sometimes. Might, that's, that's a great point. Might need Lenny to bring the fan back to EPR for another good luck charm for sure. Uh, uh, nothing better than when uh, they showed up. But uh, so the thing I want to ask you about Vargas is because so we're in a spot where we have Miram who's been crushing. Since he showed up, he has a goal or an assist in every single game that he started for us. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's our last six games. Uh, you, you know, we you showed up, we showed on the table how we had won four or five. We've actually won five of six even. So, I mean, we're in really good form. But the thing was, he came right at Vargas got hurt right when we signed Miram. So my question is, now that Vargas is back healthy, who's the real star? So let's say we have Gaines, Yusviak, Vargas, and Miram. 
who's your preferred pairing on which wings? Well, uh, in, in a fantasy world where all, all four are healthy and ready to go and, and ready to start, I think you have to find a way to get Miram and Vargas on the pitch at the same time. Wow. Those two uh, and, and Joe Sviak's the third choice? Gaines, uh, I think, is obviously fourth choice in that list for both of us, right? Right. And I, I think that you can find a way, especially right now uh, in, with this current run of fixtures. But, I mean, if we're, if we're trotting out there for a final this mm-hmm. Saturday – and you've got to go with your best 11. If Kerwin Vargas doesn't start, I think it's a right. huge, huge mistake. I think I agree. I think I agree. I'm really happy with what Miriam's been doing. Kind of turned it into a bit with my boy, uh, Brett, that we're, you know, the JM22 club, you know, like we, I, 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 you, I, I fully admit in like the sober light of day that I was like bashing Miriam a couple of times pretty harshly when the, he first <laughs> signed. But then like once he started producing results, I quickly like flipped and I was like all about Justin Miriam and I love him. So like, like I'm JM 22 all day for sure. But I do think all everybody healthy. I would like to have person. I would rather have Kerwin and Josviak to be honest, which is, I can't believe I'm saying that and have Miriam be your impact sub because as great as he's, as great as he's been, I do think, you know, the assist to care a little bit lucky, just kind of a, a standard corner kick that bounces past. Well, I, I, I wouldn't call it lucky, but I, I hear what you're trying to say, right? The lucky it's wouldn't be like, the, you know, he's, it's, it's a fundamental play. It's a nice corner it, kick. Right. That just everything finds, everything is going Miram's way right now. And he's making things happen. I'm definitely not bashing him. I'm just saying that like, I, it full health, give me Vargas and juice. Fiat can have uh, uh Miram be the sub and then have Gaines be the, the, the real sub. If we really need some attack. Options are exactly what Christian Latanzio wants, and it's what he's got. Or don't even worry about game state necessarily, but just find a way to be rotating these guys in so that like two of them are getting 60 minutes every once in a while, and the other two get 30, and then you flip it. I'm fine with that. Like, I like having a set 11 in principle, obviously, but like, I do think all four of these guys can make an impact. It's great. And, and as, when all these fixtures are, are coming fast and, and furious, uh, you have to have depth like this. And I think what Justin Miram brings is is attitude and energy, right? As long as well as a veteran presence that um, exudes a bit of class. All of a sudden, you're talking about a Charlotte FC club right now with the gemstone in the middle of the pitch who is just oozing class. Um, you just see this guy and you say, wow, how lucky are we to be experiencing Ashley Westwood's um, swan song? in his career you know he's playing in mls because he's no longer um wanted at burnley uh burnley's uh going for went for championship promotion they won the championship and now they're headed to the premier league ashley westwood at this point in his career there's just no room for him on that squad but there's plenty of room here at charlotte Mm -hmm. fc to make some good money to do that to have the american experience and to be a leader and to see him wearing the captain's armband you know we we have in the past on this show uh, so many times talked about, hey, who's the captain? And at this point, you're going to have to 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 rip that badge rip that off, of, <laughs> off of Ashley Westwood uh, no for doubt. the rest of the season because it's just so great to have him uh, in in the center of the pitch. It uh, almost so, feels like that has been his more more of a priority for him coming into this situation. When I'm on the outside looking in, I see um, it almost looks like he has prioritized taking over the leadership role more than even his on-field play. Not that he's slacking in the on-field play. He hasn't totally like really taken over the ball, but he 
definitely has taken over the tone. Like he's involved in everything. Like he's taken advantage of the fact that the captain is allowed to talk to the referee and he's talking to the referee as much as possible, you know? And so like, and he's yelling at guys and he's, you know, bitching it at, at Capetti when Capetti's flopping around and, and whining and man, he subbed me, but all that, I hated that so much. And then, and, and just like, he is like seized this, the control of this team by the scruff of the neck. And that's when you have someone like Westwood providing the veteran leadership, then you can just slot in a veteran, Justin Miram who can come in and like seamlessly integrate an attack because you've got the lock. I just have to imagine the locker room is so much better. Play. Like we're going to talk a little bit more in depth a little bit later on about the one year since MAR firing and Laddie taking over and whatnot. You got to imagine the locker room is just such a much better place to be to today than it was one year ago today, for sure. And we'll give Christian Latanzio credit because he is somebody that preached patience, waiting for this experience to get injected into the lineup. And that patience uh, has paid off and supporters are getting rewarded. This, this team is, is getting rewarded and grant uh, points out that we are a totally different team without Westwood and Miram. And he is, he is absolutely correct. So I think one of the, the, the toughest jobs for any manager is, when the team's on a good run of form and you've got guys more than 10 outfield players who are, have earned a spot, it's Christian Latanzio's job to make sure um, the sub pattern and the team is gelling. And this, this club has an opportunity to win and, and everybody um, remains satisfied. Uh, we, we, Danny Brands, we had a, a question earlier um, in the chat, if I can pull it up by tremendous friend of the show, one of our TIFOs, Bridget McCall, oh, yeah. uh, co-host of the Queen's Pitch D podcast. DC Bridget, she she was with us in DC, had a great ass time. Um, and I just wanted to to call it out and basically, um, you know, answer this question. What's our best backline tomorrow? And use this as a jumping off point. Because I think the, the final player that I want to talk about is Adilson Melanda. Can I segue? Can I segue off of Bridget's question into Bridget's question based off what you said right before? Show everybody how much of a professional you are, Danny. <laughs> you brought up Laton. You said it. You said it's Latanzio's job to get this offense clicking and to get the veterans all on the same page, right? Yes. As part of his job, he also gives press conferences and had a huge quote in the press conference today that speaks to what you're driving us towards. He says the success of our season is going to be linked to the way we defend for the rest of the way. The way we defend from now until the end of the season will determine how far we can go. And so it, it comes to who is the back line? Who is, where is Milanda the guy? How do you incorporate Carujo? Brandon Davis is asking about Carujo as well in that same vein. Should should Guzman start? Where does Tuiloma go? So it's like, it's all about the back line. How, like, the attack is actually pretty nice. Like, we could definitely score more goals. We should have scored a lot more against LA. But I think... We're kind of unlucky. Like Cambridge at the post against Birmingham. Carroll had a really good chance that didn't score. Like we're getting chances. So you have to assume like we might get a little positive regression in that vein. So I'm liking our chance to keep scoring goals. It's really going to be about limiting goals that determines if we're a playoff squad and, and a contender. I asked you earlier today, uh, does Guzman Carujo get the start on Wednesday uh, against Philadelphia? He's not listed in the injury report, which – means he's available for selection he played 60 minutes for crown legacy he looked good D do you think carujo could be injected into this back line uh on wednesday against philly man i'd be surprised if it's tomorrow i but i would be surprised if he's not starting against columbus on saturday that's that i i, I think tomorrow he comes in as like a late sub cameo regardless of game state he's just sort of your like 
last the last 10 minute sub guy that that uh, gets in for some fresh legs he played 60 for the crown legacy the other night uh he that was on grass right at the at the, the sportsplex um i'm drawing a blank I, I admit i don't know if subaru park and and uh columbus whatever save the crew stadium uh is called uh i forget if they're turf or grass someone can enlighten me there if you know but i think that guzman is uh Super sub tomorrow, starter on Saturday. And shout out to uh, Andres Echevera, who came. Andres brought one of his buddies uh, to EPR the other night. He's he's a regular at the, at the EPR parties. And uh, we, we call him coach because he coaches like four youth teams all concurrently and simultaneously. Makes the drive all the way over from Belmont near Gastonia to come over to EPR to hang with us on, on game matches. So thank you, Andres. And your quote is, is a good Tremendous one. Tremendous TFOs. Tremendous yeah. TFOs. One of the best. And this is a very prescient point about how our defense can lead into attack for sure. It, 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 what's the personnel for that? What do you think? Well, uh, let's let's start with uh, Carujo. If he starts or not, we'll figure that out. But e- either way, when, when Carujo is 100% healthy and he's Locked ready to play, he in. plays. Right. So, so that's why Melanda, for me, is the next uh, point of conversation here. It's we, – we, I tweeted uh, from the show account during the match that Melanda was showing out that, uh, and by the way, I, Subaru park is grass. I'm pretty sure the crew is, is grass as well. I, I that's I'm most real stadiums are. Yeah. I'm 98% sure on that. Um, so when I'm thinking about Melanda, you know, I'm watching the match and I'm saying Melanda is showing out. He's playing well. And just a few minutes after I made that observation, he, you know, screws up a back pass and, and Galaxy have a, a look on goal, and people are saying, what's going on with Milanda this season? He's making a lot of mistakes. And I think that Milanda kind of falls, and this is why I wanted to talk about both Milanda and Vargas on tonight's podcast, is because I think both of these guys fall into the same category, and it's not just because they're both 21. And I think because um, both players have been relied on so heavily, people forget how young they actually are. Mm-hmm. So when you have a center back like Melanda, who is a French player coming into MLS, he's a young guy who's made tremendous strides, who, by the way, played right back for this squad and did really well at the right back position. He's somebody that can play until the right both area. positions. Well, yeah. <laughs> got cooked yeah. uh, by a scissor move and, and right. got two yellows and as, as, Carol Swiderski uh, um, astutely pointed out to the referee, that was only a second foul. It was only a second foul of the night, right. and, and he's got two yellows. Yeah, it was but, really but anyway. The, I, fir- I the, think... the first yellow was really soft. The second, I disputed, although most people said it was fair. So. Yeah, it, it was. It, it was. But, but either way, um, you've got a guy in Milanda who, if, if you pair him with Carujo on that back line, Danny, I think it just makes him better immediately because all of a sudden he's got cover. right? Bill Tuoloma hasn't been at his best this this season um Derek Jones is somebody that has been injected in into that center back position as well and for me I I just I, I just again want to underscore the age here this this guy is a future stalwart of Charlotte FC just mm-hmm. like Kerwin Vargas is mm-hmm. um Ben Bender is is extremely popular right, right. he's somebody that everybody loves that people, you know, see Ben Bender and they think of, oh, Ben Bender is the young American kid who plays for Charlotte FC. He's older than both of these guys. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Good point. 
Very so, good point. Yeah. I, you know, so I just, I, I, that to me was the theme of tonight's show. And the reason why I'm, I'm happy as a supporter right now um, is not just because of the run of form, Danny. It's because this run of form is happening with young players on the pitch. And yeah, great point. I am massively excited about that because not does not only does it bode well for the future of, of this campaign, but it bodes well for the next three years uh, for Charlotte FC and Christian Latanzio. Yeah, uh, I, I totally agree. And I just I want to dig a little more into that whole like shift that's happened around Milano, right? Because Tuiloma is not the guy. He's just not. Sobachinsky is good. I think Sobachinsky ends up the third choice behind Carujo and Milanda, and that Bill sort of becomes the coverage who can play, you know, maybe a right back at times or, or even a defensive mid when, when uh, Jones needs break. I could actually see that happening. I just, that just popped in my head is like, eventually we're going to have to rest Jones and Bronico and Tuiloma could actually fill in that role if needed for sure. If, if he's not a starting center back, but with Milanda, the shift that I reference is, when he came in here last year, it was like instant. Everyone was in love. It was Milanda, Milanda, Milanda. Oh, this kid's our best player. Like there were people saying that uh, Adelson Milanda is our best player. Like people were like, this kid is our best overall player that last year. A lot of people were saying that. And now it's kind of like regression. It's like, I don't know. It's I haven't seen really much of a difference. To me, he's still doing pretty much the same things. He's made a couple more high-profile mistakes, but – the take of like what happened to Milanda this season, I, I just don't get it. I mean, if someone wants to come at me with some numbers or stats or something that can back that up, I guess I'd listen to it. But eye test wise, I think if you really eye test wise think that Milanda's worse this year than last year, I think you're just looking for a reason to nitpick or maybe being a hater. I'm not sure, but I don't know. Uh, I, 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 I love Milanda. I, I just don't see it. Why? I just think it's like trendy. I think it's like people like looking for a hot take to say that he's not doing good this year. That's all. Yeah. I don't want to insult anybody who no. has been critical of Adilson Milanda because we certainly have been critical of many players on this show. And a lot of times. Um, and we'll continue of, to be. And we'll continue yes. to be 100%. Yeah. No doubt. And, and, and a, lot of, a lot of times these guys um, turn around and uh, perform at a high level and find a good run of form and make us, you know, look bad and our criticism look unwarranted. And I think the the criticism of Adilson Milanda is just one word. It's easy, right? Because when you're playing at a, in a center back position and you make an error, it's just like, you know, you can't miss it. Right. Right. But when you're playing, when you're playing uh, center defensive midfield and you make a mistake, well, you got people, you know, covering your ass back there. Mm -hmm. And um, when a young player makes uh, a mistake on the back line, it's just so easy to, to look at that and say, what happened to this guy? He continues to make these mistakes. And, and you have to imagine as, as a young center back that these things will get shored up pretty quickly. Yeah. Bridget says Milanda over Bill all day, every day. Justin K says Milanda hasn't settled in position. Tactical tweaks, injuries, no stability. Totally agree, Justin. I think that's a very fair point. Uh, Grant Boylan says, Milan is the only definitive surrounded by shifting lineups. It's tough. I totally agree. Everyone sees it. And it's going to be tough. He's going to have an adjustment period with Carujo. You know, like he gelled instantly with Anton Walks, who unfortunately is no longer with us. And uh, he's going to have to do the same thing with Carujo. Because I, I don't, I think our final form is easily Carujo, Milan, the back, back, uh, center back pairing. And I, I don't see, see any way. Brandon Davis sums it up perfectly. Milan is the man. There's no, no, other reason, Hub likes another good point. Love Hub likes. He's he's a really cool uh, tweeter about a lot of good. He always has good thoughts. 
not even a full MLS season yet. We're in very good hands with Milanda or the Dielsen. I, I agree. I, I don't know that he's our best player because I think it's that would be Carroll, but I think he's a top three, top five. Okay, before we get to the Philly match and kind of break this down just a little bit more and talk about um, the first year of Christian Latanzio's tenure for Charlotte FC, um, any final quick thoughts about Saturday night's match? I have one player that I want to call out specifically his name we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, should have been easier. Glad to get three points. Love the form we're on. A little bit skeptical that it is 100% earned because the performances have not matched the results. But you know what? We've had good performances that had bad results. So I'm not going to I'm not going to apologize for that. I'm just going to be thankful and hopefully we can get the form up a little bit to keep these good results coming. Shout out to our player coach Harrison Affle. His team of the match week performance, he's on the bench with Justin Miram uh, and at the end of the match uh, Harrison Awful could barely walk. I yeah. mean, this this guy, this veteran, this player gave everything he mm -hmm. had he really on did. Saturday night against LA Galaxy. And I think, you know, as a supporter of a club, um, you know, teammates, uh, coaching staff, ownership, uh, Zoran Cronetta, just the scouting uh, group, everybody looks at that performance by Harrison Awful and that is what I would call setting the standard for Charlotte FC like and it. the ability to, to go the full 90. Brad Bronico, he does it all the time, right? Sure. You know, we know Bronny's going to go the full 90. We're surprised when he doesn't. Yeah. But you need other players. You need veteran players to set up and, and show that, yes, um, I'm going to do that as well. And Harrison Offel doing that on Saturday against LA galaxy. Oh man. It was, it was, uh, it was really special to see. I think, uh, we talked about Ashley Westwood's swan, swan song at the end of his career. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot more uh, gas in the tank there with, with Ashley Westwood. Uh, Harrison Offal, this probably feels like his final season yeah. in MLS as a player. And to to see him be able to put together that performance, um, King Harrison, round of applause, that was was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, we, we're, we're fortunate to have him on, on the squad just as, from a leadership standpoint. He hasn't always been you know, the guy necessarily, but he's definitely never doubted his effort and whatnot. And he's, uh, he's captained the side a few times. Um, Listen, I'm not sitting here talking about his technical ability. I'm not sitting here talking about how great of a player he is. Right. Um, I've been on the show saying, Hey, I'm out on burn. And that's true. And you did, yeah, I'm yeah. good. I'm good with yeah. that. But, if, but if you show me that kind of effort, right. I'm, I'm good with that. I like it's all now, about you're effort. very good with that. No doubt. Right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So it's, I, hopefully it's, he's not hurt too bad. And hopefully like, I don't think he's going to be like the most important player for us down the stretch, but he's going to have his role to play in, in what we're hoping is, is a playoff campaign here. So uh, Harrison Apple has not finished making an impact on this season and this team at all. Charlotte soccer show. I'm John Hayes. He's Danny Brams. You can follow us on Twitter um, at for the crown baby. You can follow us on Instagram at, uh, Charlotte Soccer Show. I'm going to be at Subaru Park on Wednesday evening running the Instagram account. I'll give you some behind the scenes in stadium looks uh, at the match tomorrow night. So make sure you follow us there uh, for that. You can follow me on Twitter at John Hayes on air. You can follow Danny Brams uh, at Danny Brams as well. So uh, I, I wanted to, you know, take this time, Danny, to First and foremost, you know, fully transition into this Philly match. Let people know Camille Uzviak unavailable. Yep. Enzo and Capetti unavailable. Enzo Capetti unavailable. George Marks 
I believe was listed as unavailable. Was he, was he under the questionable? Uh, I have to, let me. I'll double check that while you keep going. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't matter. But there's 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 Ben Bender is somebody that is um, close questionable. Sorry, uh, George Marks is questionable. I, okay. I apologize for that. Uh, Mackenzie Gaines is questionable, and Ben Bender is questionable. It's Hamidi Diop with the abdomen injury. It's Camille Uzviak with a thigh injury, and Enzo Capetti with a hamstring injury. Uh, definitely out for tomorrow night. So I just wanted to get that out there and, and have people expect this team uh, to be uh, without its its striker. And I wanted to ask you how concerned you are um, with with Carol Swiderski. Now uh, he, he he plays the full ninety, basically the full ninety, almost the full ninety. I believe what did. Ajamang, uh, he said, yeah, Carroll got like a little bit of a curtain call sub right at the end of the match. Right. Yeah, Ajamang, I believe, came in for Carroll late yep. in that match. Yep. Uh, once again, that's two two appearances in a row for for Ajamang. Love the kid, uh, and you you really do love to see that. It, what what do you it's do? It's not for tonight. Box it, here. It's not for tonight. It's a future episode. But the Ajamang passing Vinny Mello on the death chart is definitely a discussion we need to have someday. But what was your question? What do you do up top? Do you do you run it back? Do you have Carol Svidersky, um as the striker, or do you potentially give Ajamang a start and play Carol Swiderski uh, sitting behind him in the ten roll? If if you want to get crazy, is that something that you thought about? It's not too crazy. It's just so crazy. It just might work, my friend. I think uh, <laughs> you know Philadelphia Freedom. Cal- uh, who knows if that's the one? We might have to uh, take it all the way to Columbus for that to happen. But I think in one of the next two games, I think that will happen. I don't know if it's tomorrow or the weekend, but I think Patrick Ajamong starts one of the next two games with Carroll even dip behind him, even potentially Carroll starting one of the next two from the bench. I wouldn't do it. But it could happen. I could see it happening because the fixtures have just piled up so so heavy. We have Saturday, Wednesday, then another Saturday, and then it's finally like a two week break. So we just need to get through these next three games. Uh, you know, we should have had four games. We should should be playing an Open Cup quarterfinal next midweek, unfortunately. But uh, but yeah, I, I love Ajmong. Maybe it is for tonight. I don't know. What do you think? I mean. As with Vinny Mello having kind of fallen out of favor and, and sort of having to work his way back into good favor via the, the crown legacy, I'm, I'm just loving like the imposing presence of Ajmong. He Ajmong's a year and a half older, I think, than Mello, so he's just a little bit more mature, but he's still super young at 22. So it's just like, man, uh, Jorge Torres comments Ajmong, such a tank of a person, just a large man. I mean, he's bigger than Derek Jones, like, in every, if that tells you anything, like when you see them standing <laughs> next to each other. So I don't know. I, maybe it's not the time to have the discussion, but. You brought it up, so I do think he will start one of the next two games. Call me crazy. You know who who he reminds me of, Ashman, is uh, Haji Wright, uh, the United States men national okay. team striker who scored the game, the the goal against Netherlands in the knockout rounds. Um, and I think I like that Haji. he can kind of be that kind of um, big uh, body in the box, kind of somebody that can uh, go up and get after a corner or go and, and get on the end of a – your long ball into the box or a Westwood whip uh, and curl or to the back post. So I think like uh, if if Christian Latanzio wants to get um, creative here, if he wants to go into his chemistry lab and start mixing up some potions and coming up with uh, uh, (laughs) some, some potential options to throw Jim Curtin off on Wednesday night, maybe it's something that he could do because I think this is really going to be a tough match. And I think if Charlotte FC wants to be creative and go for it, um, they they potentially uh, could do that. 
I think Carroll needs a rest. And maybe maybe Copetti's back by Saturday. I don't know. So maybe this, my whole Ajumong plan doesn't come to fruition because Copetti's back. But seems like seems like Copetti's hurt worse than has been let on. That it just that's the vibe I get. Like well, I watched him grab his hammy, and I, I know that a hammy takes some time. So well, then that's the point here, right? One of the worst injuries that you could see for a, a soccer player is hamstring. Mm-hmm. And when you talk, you talked about saving something for another episode, and I promise we will save this for another episode. Um, but there's there's nobody who has, you know, been I, I guess more of a proponent of Enzo Capetti than me, True. just kind of undering, understanding what he's done uh, for this squad and and what his um, in the box poaching ability adds and his physicality adds to the team, but. If Charlotte FC continues to play w- well without him, we're going to have to have a conversation about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Really good point. If if it's uh, you know to to steal from uh, Bill Simmons, that it could be a Ewing theory situation where somehow the guy that everyone thought was irreplaceable turned out to be the one guy you needed to get out of the lineup. So that that, yeah, that can happen at times. Uh, I still think Copetti has a lot a big role to play in this campaign. Me too. As well, Me but. Too. Um, you know, it's unfortunate we can't – the Chivas, Chivas Guadalajara season just ended. It's unfortunate we can't just borrow Danny Rios back for a game just to scare Philadelphia, make him, you know, quake <laughs> in their boots that he's going to put up four more goals on them. But uh, we need some type of solution because as much – like Jorge Torres points out, and I, I knew this but I didn't say it but I probably should have, is that when we don't go on our break, Carroll's flying to Poland to like play international matches. So like he got, he's got to have a break in one of these next three. I just – I don't think he can start all three of the next matches. I just don't. Like – I would love him to, and he's like our best and most important player. So I think he could almost expect him to, but just knowing the way soccer works and knowing how ragged these guys are, you've commented Jones is Jones is tired as hell. Carol's oh got to be tired as hell. Oh, uh, Derek, uh, Derek, Derek Jones at the end of the last two matches has like, he hasn't literally been able to, to run. Um, he can yeah. barely get his feet off the ground. I mean, he's, he like Harrison awful is just leaving everything out there and all the work that these guys are putting in in the gym, in the training sessions, getting the body right is allowing them to yeah. do this. But my goodness, is it a difficult job? And it's why these I minutes love have got to so be much. taking a toll on Miram. These minutes have got to be taking a toll on uh, Brawny and Westwood. It's just, I, I, it's like even uh, Brawny, probably not. Brawny's grind set. Brawny could probably play 180 minutes and go out and play 180 minutes the next day because that's just Brawny. But, um, you know. Milan even probably a little bit tired. Uh, so I, I don't know. I think uh, we got to start flexing the depth a little bit more. And uh, Matthew Christensen in the comments agrees with us. Getting Ajamong PT is needed because Carol's getting called out to Poland. Exactly. Like if Copetti's not back by the time, Carol's not going to miss only, Carol's only going to miss one game in that international duty, which is th- we're thankful for that. He'll miss the 21st against the Red Bulls. But um, yeah, I, I just at some point we got to get these, you know, keep the kids going. The kids are winning games for us. You're, you said it. It's not our signing. It's not our huge DP second most expensive signing ever that's winning games for us. It's the kids. Prediction for for Wednesday night? Do you, do you have an official call to make? Uh, two one loss. Would love a draw. You you brought it up earlier. I would love a draw. I would I would I would be over the moon for a draw tomorrow, and I'm I expect us to probably lose. Unfortunately, yeah. Something about my gut tells me that it's going to be a really difficult game, but uh, with Christian Kalina and net. Uh, maybe he could make some some game uh, saving saves, uh, and this team could walk out of there with a point. I'm going to call it a one one draw. We need the we need the guys to go in there to Subaru Park and play with a little bit of that 
Philadelphia free. I love you. Yeah. Love Elton John. Love, I love old school Elton John more than Moon's uh, later work. But yeah, uh, great song. I love that you put that in the title, man. You're, you're, you're genius. Uh, so, hey, we, we've got one more topic uh, to discuss tonight. It is the uh, one year mark of Christian Latanzio being the, wow. the head man of this squad. And um, I, I just wanted to I thought it was a, a, a great observation on your part. And I think it's a great talking point. Uh, we used to make fun of Christian Latanzio and call out his interim tag and kind of flash that manager <laughs> christian latonzo and um we did a uh, murder mystery episode where we blamed him for killing the season i mean or at least i did i don't know yeah well he still might have killed that season but uh yeah. he's, still, he's no, he, no doubt he had an accomplice but yeah he did <laughs> <laughs> um but he's he's having a really nice uh month right now uh, yeah. may has been unbelievably busy and christian latonzo looks really good and i'll give him credit um the way that he handled the fan next to the tunnel, draping the T-shirt that said Latanzio out. Yeah, uh, enough is the, way enough. He, yeah. the way that he handled that, I think even uh, he deserves more credit for that. He, he, he deserves more accolades for that. And mm-hmm. um, so ultimately he's, very, he's a very self-aware guy in the presser today. He, someone, uh, someone said, Hey, you know what, what do you think about Miram and the leadership he's providing? He's like, he's like, uh, probably the same time that, Three people asked me this in the last four press conferences. I feel about the same. Every press conference is about the Justin Miram show. You know, it's like, you know, and he was good natured about it, but it's just like, it's, I like that ability to push back at the reporters in kind of a fun way a little bit when they're questioning him. He's like, guys, you know, you're asking me the same questions over and over again, but I don't, I don't know. It's uh, he's grown into the job and I still think we have a lot. We take a lot of issues with his substitutions. I think his in-game still has vast improvement that needs to happen, but his management of the team in the days between games has been really getting better and better as time goes on. And he's got the players all on the same page. There was a minute, probably, I think even maybe six weeks ago, we were talking about, you know, losing the locker room and stuff like that. And now all of a sudden it seems like he's really got, got the locker room. Well, you know, all singing from the same hymnal, as they say. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm proud of him for becoming a better coach in the last 365 days. He, he's a much, much better coach as anyone should be, hopefully after doing the job for a year than he was on the day he was named. And, you know, it, it, I, I'm thinking about the MAR firing, I, I, you know, just this, we've kind of, it was an early bid on the show, I think to just be, you know, gung ho for MAR and, and be a little upset and nostalgic when he left. I think we've kind of grown fade that though, that that's faded away. I don't, I don't really miss MAR. I, I doubt you do. And, um, I do think it's worth thinking about though what it was like that day. It was a Tuesday. It was the day after Memorial Day. It was going into an international break. It was two days after we had lost a halftime lead at Seattle and and gotten blitzed in the second half. And all this stuff had happened. Uh, I was talking to Willie P about this earlier tonight before we started streaming. He was like, "Yeah, man, that was a crazy day. I uh, I was on vacation, you know." And it's like. You know, you think you can take a vacation during the international break when the team's not playing, and then they go and fire the coach, and you got to scramble all the jets and everything. So, uh, it, it was a wild time. I, you and I, I remember that day. We were f- trading fast and furious messages back and forth, and all this stuff happened. We wanted to know why, because if you remember, there was no real reason given. Like if you if you look if you Google Christian uh, Mar fired. Almost all the leads are there's words like inexplicably and, you know, no reason given and stuff like that uh, from the coverage that day that I was looking back. And um, 
we found out that basically the reason was he was an asshole. He was fired for being an asshole, essentially. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, not the first, not the last in this world and certainly not in that business. So um, I don't know. I think overall the, we're still on a roller coaster. I, I, things have not stabilized in the Latanzio's year here necessarily, but it's been a fun ride. I'm enjoying the roller coaster. It's it's uh, been really fun to kind of just uh, reminisce and think about, um, you know, the MAR situation and and how uh, I think maybe the reason why I really enjoyed it is because I'm a sucker for drama and yeah. MAR was just amazing at creating drama mm-hmm. and not only creating it, but then taking it and giving it to the supporters and lighting it on fire. And um, I, I was sad to see MAR go because I thought he was unbelievably passionate, passionate. And I thought that his connection with the fans was something that I wanted this club to build around. And I was initially critical of, of Christian Latanzio because it, it didn't seem like he had the ability to, to make that connection with the fans, but it's, it's ultimately turned into, you know, three weeks ago, Christian Latanzio is doing press conferences, Danny, and he's feeling himself. Sometimes he feels like uh, we are Real Madrid. I mean, he made me laugh. This the 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 shirt. Enough is enough. It's like <laughs> it's like uh, this this club has won uh, three MLS Cup and three Concacaf Champions League. So now enough is enough. We need to, we are building the club, and we I think the boys are doing as good as they can. And we had uh, some tough time in different ways. Uh, I receive. Uh, from people that I I see that might be in the street or a lot of uh, good support. And I think that there is a, a silent majority that I think they are behind the club. And they don't have to be, to be behind me. Obviously, every coach has got guy, have got support that they like him and the other ones that don't. Everybody has an opinion of football. The silent majority. He, he, yeah. He won me over on that, Danny. Just like the way he handled that situation. And um, it just makes me happy to see him smile. Sometimes he feels like uh, we are Real Madrid. I mean, he made me laugh. This, the, the, the shirt, enough is enough. He's like... <laughs> he's like... <laughs> he's, he's laughing at it. Like, I mean, right. uh, it, it wins me over. And it also, want, I, I wanted to go back as well. I mean, he gets the job. And um, you don't expect him to get the job. <laughs> Uh, you're you're trying to figure out who can could potentially take over. He doesn't have any uh, managerial experience at the highest level. Not being the interim, David Tepper, somebody with with deep pockets, and instead, um, you go back to November, and David Tepper said this: How important was keeping Christian on board for a continuity standpoint? Um, listen, Christian did a great job coming in. I mean, obviously, you saw the end of the season, and when, you know we had a little bit different, and um, you know. Listen, we had to go through a process and look for other coaches. It's just, you know, what we have to do. But it was clear that Christian did a great job and was the best man for the job. Can you comment on the In retrospect, when you when you look at that, here's here's a guy in Christian Latanzio that it was a great ending to the season. It was a draw that felt like a win against Columbus uh, at the keep. Uh, and you go into that offseason, you're feeling good and – David Tepper and his staff interview a bunch of coaching candidates, and it's the internal candidate who's been doing the job, who gets the job because he's the right man for the job. So even though this this season got off to an absolutely shit start, that is is way in the past, and things feel better uh, at the moment, Danny. Totally agree. Totally, totally agree. But uh, 
let me just play this again real quick. How important was keeping Christian on board for continuity standpoint? Damn, I wish I was rich enough to just wear my hat off center and not care like that. <laughs> Tap, bro. How important was keeping Christian on board for continuity <laughs> You're wearing that hat just like, you know, it's it's not like, it's not like, you know, try, 90s, like, oh, yeah, like trying to be hip hop. It's like, you just forgot to put it on straight. You know, you don't care. You're just rich enough. You don't care about whether your hat's on straight or not. I, I'm trying to get there, man. Uh, he's 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 starting to show Christian Latanzio that is um, some more personality, uh, and I, I think that's a, a massive asset. Um, uh, Hub likes chimes and he says he's growing on me, but he says a lot of iffy things. There's been a lot of excuse making. Um, there there certainly has, um, and, and I haven't liked that either. But I'm I'm attracted to confidence, right? I, I don't I don't want excuse making. I want confidence. He's not and, great. In a post-game loss press conference, <laughs> right after a game, he's he's usually pretty hot, and you can usually tell who he's mad at for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. So, um, I think it's a great way to end the show. And um, just you know, whatever happens on Wednesday night, we're not going to overreact. I think this was a great opportunity for us to kind of hit the reset button and say uh, Christian Latanzio is the right man for the job right now. That David Tepper made uh, the right decision, and that the experienced players that Christian Latanzio um, has brought into this squad and and has given playing time, it, they're making an impact like he said they would. And to me, that makes him a man of his word. Well said. Couldn't couldn't put it any better. Let well, me see. Thank you for being here. Um, so thank yes. you for thanking us on on tonight's show and and. Um, I'm in the city of brotherly love and I've got nothing but brotherly love for my friend, Danny Brams here yeah, uh, on the show. Um, I'll be in the stadium tomorrow night. Uh, I was, I was bummed not to be at EPR. Uh, sh- shout out to you for holding it down and shout out for to, to EPR for being open late and yes. taking care of the TIFOS on yes. Saturday night. Yes, sir. It's, uh, it's what we do and we are not doing a watch party for tomorrow. I think it's a little bit too much of a scramble for everybody midweek. Not going to try to put that pressure on the TIFO. The TIFOs, the TIFOs deliver so much that I would never want to ask them more than I feel that they should be <laughs> expected to deliver. So I'm, not, I'm not asking the TIFOs for anything tomorrow on a, on a midweek road match, but Saturday night, it's going to be just all right. I hope everybody shows up. Saturday night's all right for fighting, and we're going to be fighting Columbus. Uh, hopefully coming off of a six wins out of seven after we – show philadelphia what for but again i did go ahead and predict the loss so because really i just want everyone to troll me when i turn out to be wrong i'm not going to promise the tifos anything but um i'm getting in my car first thing thursday morning driving back to the queen city and i'd love to do an episode on thursday or friday morning if we can make it work i'd, I'd love to get it done and be there for the tifos um if not we'll be back after, after saturday's uh, match so stay tuned we'll let you know what our plan is um for that and hey i'm taking my parents to the game tomorrow night this is the first time my parents are, are going to be um seeing charlotte fc um but i'm, I'm gonna ask them I, maybe i'll ask them tomorrow morning who they're gonna be rooting for uh, <laughs> just tell them one thing johnny it's, it's for, for the, the crown, crown baby, baby. <laughs>